What's up, Vet Talk? How's everybody doing? Welcome back to another episode of Vet Talk. Tonight is special. I have my first Haitian American veterans in the panel who's here to talk to us about his life, his legacy, his accomplishment. And we are about to have a good, good, good talk and, and just have a good time with one another and, and just have a blast. Now, many of you probably know who he is. You know, he's Patrick Knowles. He's well known. Everybody knows who Patrick Knowles is. If you're into painting, if you uh, like uh, sculpture, if you, if you like, this man do music and write and illustrated books so he is like a legend in the haitian community but is also a legend in the veterans community patrick my friend welcome to vets talk how are you doing <laughs> i'm great I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here brother i appreciate you man <laughs> man listen I'm excited to have you here today, Patrick, because, I mean, man, you're a legend. I don't know how to put it. You're a legend. I mean, you have paved the way for so many of us, and it's just a pleasure to have you on the show. I mean, I've been trying to get you on the show forever, but just to find some free time for you to come here and talk to us and share your legacy with us and tell us about you know your life your history you know how it's all started how it's going and i appreciate it man well my life my life has been a long life <laughs> god every day i, I wake up and I say know another day and I thank God for it because you know he's he's, uh, he's, he's in control but my life as a whole I, I, I've been blessed to be able to, to do the things that I've done and will continue to do until uh, I get that call from up there you know exactly exactly but the, the essential thing about life in general and, and being Patrick knows of me is, is to be humble uh, at all times. And I think that's, that's what a lot of people appreciate about you, man. I mean, you you are a humble gentleman and you accomplish so much. And if you if somebody, somebody don't try to find out and they think they're going to get it from you, they probably will never get it from you. When the reality is, man, I mean, where, where are you from in Haiti, Patrick? Well, I'm from the uh, part of Haiti, south uh, of Haiti, Jeremy. Oh, that's where all the artists come from. All the artists come from. In fact, <laughs> the name uh, is uh, Il de Poète. Wow. So it's, um, it's the side of Haiti where the majority of talents come from. Wow. So, Patrick, you know, when, when you came to the state, uh, you, you probably came at a young age, right? Yeah. So tell us about that story. When I came to America, I, I was a shock. But my dad, he prepared me pretty well. Because he thought we were well to do in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And he would show me on television, black and white television then, you know, what it's like to be in America. But naturally, it's um, watching it on TV and leaving it is two different things. When I got here, I was shocked. Hmm. And... 
but always smiling, always wanting to make friends with people. So the first interaction with American children uh, was bad because, of course, there was a language barrier. Of course. And and, and being Haitian, I dressed differently than than than, than the, the kids here. So because of this, I was bullied. I was beat up. So I got afraid and said to my mom, I'm never going back outside. <laughs> so I got, I started, I read books. I, I, I've read so much, so many books. So I wear glasses now. Because I've been <laughs> in the wrong lighting system. And I painted a lot. But naturally, when, when we Haitians come to this country, we come with a goal in mind. When I came to America, I, I was supposed to go back to Haiti. It was supposed to be for tourists, to, you know, to visit. Yeah. But my parents, my mother more than anyone, decided I'm going to stay in, in America. So, until my teenage years, I, I was technically illegal in America. Hmm. So, all my, uh, all the 80s, I'm, I'm illegal. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm doing it as if any tech, right? But, but look at it now I mean yeah. that, that's, that's the thing you, you pay it all back you know yeah. when you had the chance and, and to be a resident and to be a citizen and the first thing you did you say you know what it's time to sacrifice to pay back yeah. by sacrificing yourself and defend this nation it was a great honor when I joined the military after college because uh, I wanted to be a career military man. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't come from a military background in Haiti. I, I came, in fact, I came from lawyers and judges. And in fact, my family in Haiti, uh, from my mother's side, the Charles family, uh, my aunt, my grandfather, he founded the uh, Haitian, uh, well, the first, the law school in Jeremy. Oh, wow. So my upbringing was a, an upbringing that would allow me to take over the legacy of law and even now when I speak in courts and I do translation at times you can tell even the judge would say well sir you seem to have are you a lawyer and I said no you know but uh, I was formed I was being brought up to be this scholar to be this man of power I traversed from Jamie to Paul Quest where I was with my father, then I became the artist that everyone knows today. But I'm from <laughs> third generation. My grandfather, Henri Dimanche, whom revolutionized art, the, the, the art of, uh, of sculpture in Haiti, wood carving. This sculpture behind me here, Saint Ouverture, I sculpted this. I'm a sculptor as well. Wow. So, my so grandfather. Patrick, you're talking about the famous Dimanche that we know in Haiti. That's yes. your that's your father. My grandfather. Your grandfather. My father is Robert No. Dimanche wow. is my uh, my grandfather. In fact, he for the first time when he saw my, my work and he told my father, you know, Patrick is better than both you and I. <laughs> So, and I was very young. At five years old, I sold my first painting. Still, uh, <laughs> but my dad he gave me the, the money in candy. <laughs> so, so he pay you he pay you in candy. Yeah. 
that Papa, can you can can I get some money? <laughs> you know, Patrick, it will have been it will have been golden if we have this picture nowadays. Do do you have a picture of it? So it was called Lara, Lara because I love dancing, and you know Lara is a little bit vulgar. Dancing is a little vulgar, you know. You're doing the wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my father, he did not want me to go. He forbid he forbid me to go. So what happened is the first time he gave me a canvas because I was sculpting all the time. He says, Patrick, I want you to paint. So he had me give me a canvas and a box of paint, tube paint, oil paint, and I painted a, a Lara scene. Hmm. And uh, when he came back, he, he, tears were galloping down his eyes because he didn't realize that I was that advanced for a child of five years old. So at the same period, there was a man, uh, a tourist, mm -hmm. his name I was Dave. He came and bought the painting for 50 American dollars. Hmm. And he then called me the Moodis, which was a name that I adapt even in school here. They, they say I capture the moods, I capture the personality of the people. Wow. So the military life, to, 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 to sort of like go back to the military. Mm -hmm. During the military, after I graduated from Pratt Institute, 1994. Well, I, I graduated and went to, to to the military, the army. I wanted to be a full time, my a, a, a career military. Mm -hmm. But when I got to the army, they found out <laughs> I was an artist. They had me painting murals everywhere. <laughs> well, they had to use the talent. <laughs> they, they say, oh, are you? A, yeah, I remember a drill sergeant when I first. I, Boot camp because yeah. I was supposed to go to office school. So at boot camp, there was a drill sergeant. And I told me, you're, you're an artist. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, yes, yes, drill sergeant. Yeah, you can. You gotta be, be respectful. Yeah. Yes, do, yes, drill sergeant. Number Well, I'd like to see you draw something. You didn't draw me. <laughs> <laughs> so I drew him, and then he went and told. Uh, the, the, the commanders, and before I knew it, they had me painting walls everywhere. Man, so you had uh, to you had to design the flags, you had to design the battle flags. Well, the when I went in, it was Bradley Tinker, so they had me painting scene of war, and I did a painting which is still there at their museum, the museum, Martin Luther King's museum, there in Fort Benning, Georgia. Mm -hmm. So that painting is there. Man, when I visit when I visit uh, Fort Bennings, I'm gonna look for that picture, man. Yeah. So, I, so I at least take a picture in front of it and say, I know who painted this one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Is it still there? I would imagine so. They don't move things out of there. Yeah. Nice. Especially the subject matter. You know? Yeah. So what year did you? What did you came in? Ninety four. Four. Yeah, you you came way before me, oh. man. I mean, I, yeah, the Gulf War. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. You came, you came before me. You know all of the stuff you were talking about earlier, like when you come to the state and people making fun of you because you talk different, you dress different, you look different. Um, I didn't, 
really get a chance to to live that and it's probably because of guys like you who already been through it who knew how to to make it work because i i joined in 98 so that's four years after after you already been through it matter of fact uh i wasn't even aware that you were able to, i was able to drink you know until a, a jamaican guy uh, was my recruiter told me oh really oh that's that's a no-brainer probably the best decision ever you know but it was different for me that probably was different because of people like you who went before me and they were already used to guys like you and gals you know who's who's been there and, and paved the way i mean wow man I, I'm, I'm thankful bro. when i went uh when i was in the military i i my two, I already saw one Haitian leader. Who's, uh, he was actually a, he was a first sergeant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in reality, the Haitian the Haitian folks, us, mm-hmm. Haitian, have been coming to America. When we came to America the first few times, it began in 1969 when we began to come to America to study mm-hmm. to go back to Haiti. But the first sign of Haitians, as you know, from Chicago, Asia, Haitian mm-hmm. discovered Chicago. Uh, Haitian, uh, something with the North Pole somewhere. Uh, <laughs> even in the Titanic, <laughs> was a Haitian. The only black man on there was a Haitian. Man. <laughs> Titanic, that son, he died in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, I mean, we, yeah. we've been we've been serving for for a while, man. Even back to way to the Civil War, I believe. If you go to um... go back to um, battle after the Battle of Beitia, uh, Haitians came to America in 1804, and hence these, the, the, the the purchase of the Louisiana Purchase. Of course, and if, even before that, if you go to I think it's is it in Georgia, um, we have a monument. We have a, a monument for Savannah. Okay. In the Battle of Savannah, you know that's the, why mm-hmm. Donald in and said, "Well, Haiti, uh, you know, the asshole country." Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's unfortunate because it displays ignorance. Because if yeah. you're going to be, a, you have to learn about the difficult, but they played a role. They played in history because we Haitians made it possible for for America to be free. Because if if Haiti didn't win the War of Independence. The French would not have money problem. They would not have to sell Louisiana. And guess what? America would be speaking French right now. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Guys, you know, we are we going to turmoil with the government, etc. But Haiti is not some place to be. You know, something interesting, Patrick, you mentioned earlier, even while you were still active duty and you had to do a lot of paintings. And yeah. as I was getting prepared for you to come up and, and to, to have this interview, and I started researching Patrick Knowles, but you have a lot of arts. Yeah. I mean, I know you've been, you've been doing this for, for a moment. If we jump to your website really quick, I mean, Patrick, you, that's a lot of arts, man. Yeah. You know, and you're not only you're not only doing painting, you're also doing sculptures. Yes. 
so let, let's let's do this let's let's grab a couple of this painting right here and if you can tell us because i'm always i'm always fascinated it's always always fascinating to know what the artist is thinking right because we see those patterns and and that's what i love about art you you have to be able to put yourself in and whatever you see that's what it is but it's not every day to have the artist to tell you what is the meaning behind this painting, uh, behind this painting. what was i thinking when i draw it and and, and that's what I wanted to do right now. Let's pick a, a couple of them. And like, I really, like this one right here, Patrick, the, the one with the eye and the horse in the middle. Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell us about it. This painting is, um, it was a commissioned painting. And the, the horse, as you know, Haitians are very, mystical if you will mm -hmm. um so the horse i don't know how versed you are in, in, the, in, the, in the in the culture i'm well versed i'm well versed i'm decent <laughs> so and oftentimes when someone commissions a painting mm -hmm. although they give you an idea of what they want as an artist as the artist you have to to create your own version of what they explain to you and say so this painting is is a mystical uh, surrealist painting right and the meaning is is more powerful to the owner the person who had it commissioned but my perspective of it or my understanding of it as an artist is a, the elements of poems the elements of composition of which displays uh, uh, that surrealism aspect of this particular painting so for this painting, it's a, it's a mystical painting, but then again, you have to understand the aspect of which this person is taking from. So there's a face in the back. I don't know if it, if it could be seen well. I think if you mm -hmm. click on it, it open up. Oh, it will open up if I click on it? Let's see. That way I can see it better. Here we go. Oh, perfect. So so the, the element is, is mystical and dreamy and now that I, that it's closer i remember exactly when it was done a couple of years ago the white face or figure that you see is the exact resemblance of the person who commissioned that thing hmm. so let, let's pick another one uh because this one is a little bit a little bit difficult to explain because you providing a meaning behind something somebody what pick, you pick one which which one over here ah, let's see well, let's go let's go to the historical aspect right here well uh, uh, the I'm one pointing. in the middle right here even even so, no 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 the horse is a horse on top oh, okay it's, it's okay interesting because this painting mm -hmm. is is similar to the painting i did when i was five years old and why is this painting meaningful? And the meaning behind this painting is going to be more with more clarity. Because this painting, as you see, there's a woman behind the scene with a, with a watching eye. She's watching over the ambiance of this Lala. This is a Lala painting. Right? Okay. Now, 
the lava is happening. I'm, I sort of recreated what I did when I was five years old. This painting, I'm enjoying the lava. I'm creating all the movements, but behind it, there is this eye of a woman, of an elderly person, watching over over the the the, 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 the lava, telling me. It, it is forbidden for you hmm. because now as an adult I, if I hear la la I will be tempted to dance but will remember the name the, the, the voice of my, my elders my father his, his, his ex-wife is his wife back then say you know get off the street don't go in there so this painting this painting is actually a huge painting it's uh, about uh 36 by 48. Uh, this painting is sort of like recapping what I remembered as a child. So uh, if you click on it, it should reduce itself back. Okay. So um, now I'm going to pick one. <laughs> you, now I'm going to pick one. So I, I'm looking for white here. Uh, everyone loves this painting. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I, is that is that uh, is that an actual person that you you painted, or is it coming straight from the from the from your mental, <laughs> from your psychic? Is that is it something well, you created from your thoughts, or is that the person? This painting is uh, is of a, of a friend of mine. She's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And he, well, I don't know if I should say a name. I mean, I'm sure she knows who she is. Yeah. She's seeing, she's watching this. Um, but I'll just say her last name, Dick Watts. Okay. Um, I, I was, I was, I, 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 I found this her, her picture and created the painting because she's a beautiful Haitian woman. Mm-hmm. And because of our culture being so diverse, a lot of people don't know that we have various. Uh, uh, colors of, of, of people in our country, right? Mm-hmm. So, various types of, uh, of women or men, etc. But uh, her, her, her beauty attracted me. And what happened when a, an artist gets attracted by the beauty of a woman? You either conquer that woman, right? You go after <laughs> her. Or you paint her to get her off your mind. So, this painting became almost a signature of when I do my portrait. So, Miss Deguat, she's a doctor, very uh, very helpful in, the, in her community as a doctor. Uh, the painting was supposed to be donated to her. However, she, she moved away and I had never seen her again. So we haven't seen, this painting is old, at least 10 years old. And I've never seen the. I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen seen her again. Wow, I, I can hear the passion in your voice, man. <laughs> yeah, you you really you really like this painting. <laughs> but I know this one. I, that's the. Oh, I can't remember her her name. That's the, the Afghan girl, right? That's right. Yeah. This one done with with montage. It's a montage. So I took a shower curtain that was at my house, and the shower curtain, for some strange reason, 
had colors that I that I use and I like in the painting. Mm -hmm. So I wrapped it around this little canvas. This is very small, this painting. And I remember her, her face because I saw her face within the shape that I created around my 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 shower curtain. So I began to to, to, to create it. And I had a book of the she used to be a National Geographic, something like that. Yeah, she was a National Geographic. Yeah. So what I did was I I I, I painted her portrait with a piercing eye. So several years later, they, they found this young lady. She's no longer, she's older. Oh yeah. A little bit neglected, but the beauty of her eyes is still piercing. Yeah. It is, it is. Now we have to mention, Patrick, uh, you, you you don't only do paint, you also, I don't know what's the proper term, you do sculptures as well. I'm a sculptor. A sculptor, okay. So. Uh, and those are some of your work right here. And the woman, the first one. Uh, this one right here. Yeah. Okay. Let me click on that one. Oh, it's it's gonna be small because of, of uh, copyrights, etc. Okay. Okay. Well, I think let me, let's put it right here. You'll be able to to talk about it. So this woman is a. Uh, can you see in the back? You see photographs of her. Yes. This was commissioned to be. This is now a bronze statue. Um, at a, at a, you know, uh, at a place, it's a government uh, um, commission piece. So I can't dis, you know, disclose yeah, where it is, etc. But she was a collection of several nurses that fought during World War One. Um, and they were vital in keeping the soldiers alive. These were nurses that were being uh, honored. And interestingly enough, because we're talking about the veteran uh, aspect of, of our lives. So these women were veterans. So she, she so I, I was honored to have had the opportunity to be chosen uh, by, by the uh, uh, foundry to create statue so Patrick is any of those statues or any of those paintings you, you do them while you are active duty or after after after, after I was active duty well, actually a couple of them were done while I was active duty but and I still have one of all of them I have one um, but uh, the majority of the paintings I did while I was actively was done at the base and they kept them either on the walls or they took them to that museum. So there are several of them. Oh man. Have you ever taken a trip back to what Fort Benning's? Oh. <laughs> man, we, we gotta take a we gotta go on the world trip, Patrick, to, to uh. check it out. Yeah, they probably painted all over the murals. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know, man. Because when I went to Great Lakes, there were pictures. Well, at least I know. And in the training side, not the boot camp side. There were some paintings and stuff like that. It was there since, like, I don't know, way, way back when. And they still kept well, them. Because that, that's part of the, that's part of the, the history, you know? Right. Yeah. 
probably so that i'm like man maybe you still have some back there <laughs> you know it's uh you know a soldier's life oftentimes people assume a soldier's life or bullet stoppers and we're just gonna be you know going in there for that one purpose but each um we have different branches in the military which or different professionalism of which you you are you know specialized in but nonetheless we especially you go in with what you know and what in my case i, I went in with my life so whether i'm a soldier or not i held my m16 as i would my my brush so what, what was your hardest time when you were in? Like, in yeah, I mean, you were Haitian-American background, you find yourself in both camp, and um, you, you, can't, you can't relate. I know everybody from everywhere in the world was in there, but what, well, what was your hardest moment? <laughs> I think, well, the only hard time I had was when I got sick with uh, what they thought was a hard condition. And it turned out to be something else. It's a wall, chest wall pain. But as far as, when it comes to me, Patrick knows I'm a wild and crazy man. I don't let anything give me a hard time. In fact, I give them a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I like that. <laughs> they, they, they had a hard time with me. Because, you know, when you just joined um, boot camp, they're yelling at you, move on, soldier, move, move, move. Yeah. And then I would laugh. I would just smile. And, and he said, why are you smiling at me, And they would drop and give me 50. I'll give him 100. <laughs> you skinning up this fella? He's laughing. I don't understand what's wrong with this man. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine, man. You're always smiling anyway. Guys <laughs> camper thing. And I'm the only guy walking out without even being sick. Laughing my took us off because it, it was fun. I said, like, you know, go back. This was fun. <laughs> <laughs> now I can see why you're in the army. Man, I did not like the guy's chamber, man. That, uh, I, that was, I, I had a cold. I, man, I had boogers coming out my nose, my eyes yeah. running, my mouth's running. I, that, that was but not fun. The one truth, though, um, that I... I Last time I had the interview and I told I told the story of why I joined them. After graduation uh, from college, I had this, I guess, let's say a transition of life, right? Mm -hmm. And where someone very dear to me, my cousin, died. Just suddenly, poof, died like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, for someone so pure, like her, like my cousin, I mean, to die like that, you know, what am I doing? I'm just hanging out. I was a crazy party animal. I would party, man, Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> I was a party animal. And yet, I had great scores in school. I was an A student, but I'm a party man. I don't even study, even per se. But when my cousin died, I thought, I say, well, I can't, I'm not man enough to commit suicide or something. I'm gonna join the army. They told me I'm gonna be a bullet stopper, so I figure I'll die there, you know. Hmm. But then again, my life then was very destructive. But I went, and I'm still here because the military made me realize the importance of 
you know and God is like very essential in my life I wouldn't say I'm the most religious guy in the world but if without God in one's life you don't really have directions exactly. so because of God I'm still here and I didn't do anything silly you know with my life and still have managed to, to be able to talk about it. Wow. Look at God, right? That's what they always say. That's what my mom always say. Look at God. <laughs> you know? Patrick, you got a very interesting uh, painting behind you. Yeah. <laughs> T- tell us about it, man. It- it's just well, capturing my attention and it's such an I, attention grabber right now. <laughs> I purposely put it behind me as a uh, Many, many individuals see it, they see sadness. Some come, they say they, they see God. Some say, but this painting, when I had my art studio, I, I had two art studios in Orlando. Major ones, not just some unique stuff. Yeah. Oftentimes we have something and, and we we either assume it's, it's, it's from, from God, because not everything is, is of God, and 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 also it's when it's not the right time. So we only have to act when His time is right. But nonetheless, I would say when I opened the studio, there was a lot of turmoil. People suddenly not showing up enough, um, hard to maintain, very expensive. All my funds that I had, thousands and thousands of dollars went into my studio to achieve a dream. But upon achieving that dream, I also lost everything I had trying to maintain it. So one night, I painted this painting with tears in my eyes, in desperation, asking God, is this what you wanted me to do? So as I'm painting, the painting is full of colors. So you don't know if it's a black man, if it's a white man, if it's a Indian or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But an expression of something that's burning inside me, I needed to express it. So the day after I painted, I spent the entire night. I didn't sleep, I couldn't sleep. I stayed at my studio and I slept there and painted this painting. When I was done, I opened at 10 in the morning. A lady, a Caucasian lady, very beautiful. She's about 80 something years old. She came to my to my studio and said to me, I'm here to, to ask you to paint a painting, but she assumed because I was a black person that maybe I was not able to do the painting that mm-hmm. she wanted. And when she said, I want to do an experiment, a replica of a Monet. And I said, oh, Monet, the, the impressionist artist. She said, well, if you know about that, then I'm in the right place. So I see, to make a long story short, as she progressed into the gallery, visiting, etc., she caught her eyes on this painting. And she says, you know, I'm going to bring a painting that is the equivalent of this painting, except as a message to you. So the next day that she came back with the painting of Jesus. Hmm. Uh, Jesus, the Caucasian Jesus, 
of which until today I must admit I still have a trouble relating to because it's Caucasian and I not that I'm a racist or anything but knowing the history and how it's distorted I tend to say God instead of Jesus so so, I mean, it's my personal preference. It's I mean, it's the truth. Like the area where where the yeah, story originated, there is no way Jesus so is had, not black. Yeah, so she had me do a, a meeting of Jesus. I told her, oh, I'll do it in 15 minutes. She said, no way, you can't do it in 15 minutes because it's not possible. <laughs> 15 minutes, the exact painting that she showed me, she, I do everything. So she began to talk to me about her life story. She was a smoker, a drugger, a father, abuse, etc. But she told me the message that she was there to tell me is to not despair. So in her mind, and to me, I believe her because she was telling me things I talked to God with the night before. So this woman gave me this tremendous strength to continue. So I was able to open my second studio. If I had not been for COVID, my studio would still be prospering. Right now. And it was the only one like it in Orlando. Yeah, so, I, I remember. I, I've been. Yeah. I've, I've been well, to uh, to your studio. I mean, me, my, my wife, we've been to your studio for for a couple class. No, we went to. Yeah, we went to a sip and paint. You know, I've been to your studio. You had the. Uh, uh, what you call it? It was something for Haiti. They have this this young artist, young gentleman, uh, Samuel Damaris. Samuel, of course, yes, indeed, yes. Yeah. Yes. Samuel oh. Damaris was there, you know, uh, and uh, pictures, actually. Yeah. So, so it's 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 an amazing spot. It's an amazing studio. It's unfortunate. I mean, you know, with, with COVID and you know, there's a lot of stuff who end up being casualty of COVID, but. I'm confident when when this world get back in order. Yeah, I, I know, I know it's gonna be way bigger and better. But that is lose something. It is it is to gain better, especially now you've matured and gone to the understanding of what needs to be done. So now it's better. It's gonna be better. You know. True. True. I mean. It's, Listen, man, you, you're still doing amazing stuff. I mean, we uh-huh. let's let's not let's not forget. Right now, you you also doing uh, exotic uh, auto body, right? Yeah. So we and uh, we fixed uh, cars, you know, um, heavy collisions or minor, etc., which was a dream of mine and sort of. Philip Sherry May and another gentleman, Alan, um, we sort of put our heads together and make this happen. But interestingly enough, these gentlemen are realizing my dream. They invested in my dream, they trusted my dream. Because sometimes when you have a dream, it only takes one soul to see your vision, invest in it, and then make it happen. Yeah. Exactly. Let's make it happen. <laughs> That's it. And those are the best words, man. Let's let's make it happen. Whenever somebody say, "Hey, let's make it happen," that's probably <laughs> the best word ever. But yeah. you're doing that, and you you still doing uh painting and sculpting at the same time. 
Yeah, I can never stop. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, Patrick, do you do like I want people to understand? Even though you don't have the 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 physical studio right now, but yeah. you still provide lessons. Tell us about yeah. that. Private so, lessons. Folks, home. I, I, I call it the mobile type of lesson, but the beauty of it all is you still get the same quality as if you were in the studio. The studio, of course, you were surrounded by by art. As I don't know if you remember, I showed you mm-hmm. there's a painting that's over a hundred years old that I still have. You know, because what happened is when someone take a class with me, you are benefiting from someone who was trained by the best so my training permits for me to teach people things that they've never heard of before because the the, the advantage of, of having gone to school, school and in my case private institute a school that has the most advanced methods of art um, it gives me that authority if you will to to want to, to take on any type of art from the Renaissance period, Baroque period, Rococo, you name it, I am able to do it. I'm able to teach it, and I'll teach it to you in one day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, let's let that forget. A lot of people don't know you have a famous. Well, not you have multiple famous uh, painting, but you have one that uh, that I think Barack Obama owned. Yes. Yes. That's that's wild, man. How was that picking for for the president of the United States? It was uh, I got I, it was a privilege. It's um, it's a painting that depicts the the, the beginning from the Uncle Tom uh, cabin to the lynchings to the creations of the black race for the world, technically from trains from. The, the, the lights, uh, city lights, uh, street lights, the stethoscope, the computer, uh, you name it, things that were created. And it shows you uh, 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 a number of all the men and women who played an important part in the, if you will, in the fight, in that, in that civil rights movement that made it possible for men like President Obama to become president. Because it was only a short couple of years ago when one of the candidates say, maybe in 40 years, you know, uh, to instill the, the uh, you know, the period where racism was like tops, that perhaps maybe a fair black will have a black president. But this man was president. A lot of people don't understand what the big deal. You and I, who are Haitian, we are from a black country. Yeah. A big deal, a black president. So you know what I mean. Exactly. But in America, a place where they're still practicing or exercising racism, right in the broad daylight, we Haitians annihilated racism in Haiti. I didn't know what racism was till I entered America. Hmm. We annihilated it in 1804 with the War of Vertier. So with a president in America to be black, you know to be black that's a big deal a lot of people foreign people people who came from other countries they don't respect the fact that it was a black president but from a Jim Crow type country still trying to bring it back to Jim Crow 
you have a black president, that's a big, big change. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't understand when they say, I don't agree when, when people say black lives matter, because we matter. We don't need permission for people to tell us we matter. You know what I mean? I matter the womb of my mother. So how dare you tell me I matter? I mattered from the beginning. All, all mankind matters. But the idea behind this Black Lives Matter, and there's a, there's a group in France of black men that fight against that. We don't, you see, the black race is always asking for permission. Even in art, there's no art, black art in, 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 in the art history book from when I went to school. <laughs> However, what are we doing as the black man? create our own. Why do you want to depend on somebody else's culture to create your own history, to write about yourself? We have a civilization. Write about your own civilization. You don't need permission. You don't need people. You know? I, I, I would erase that thing on the middle of Manhattan that says Black Lives Matter. Black Lives always matter. <laughs> We're the people in this earth, technically, if people don't know that. So that's, that's very And, and many people, I went to all white schools and many people there, I would, they would jump me, beat me up, but guess what? I went back to school the next day. You don't need permission. And there's nothing racist about being able to talk about that, like that. I have white friends, they love me, I love them. But, and I tell them, look, I don't need permission for you to be, to be matter. You matter, I matter. We are all human. But you know, as an as an artist, those um, those those sentiment, those those passions are heavy, because you don't get to just experience it verbally, but you also bring it out. That's you right. You know, so and then translating and the painting and its culture for for people to see. I mean, people from various backgrounds to see and understand. My most popular painting called Combat uh, de Vertier, Bataille de Vertier. This painting has cost me friends because it depicts the Haitian people defeating the French Napoleon army. So a lot of my French friends, a lot of them, stopped big talking. But See, it's, it's the truth. But it is my responsibility as an artist to bring forth the truth of a civilization. It's my responsibility. As did Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, Raphael, and all these cats. I am one of them as well. So you see, um, we cannot be afraid to express who we are. There was a man who created Fubu, was it? Fubu? Yep, Fubu for us, Baos. Exactly, he's a multi-millionaire, but he suddenly, I don't know if he stopped, or I don't give much about that Fubu stuff anymore. Yeah, but no, no, he got different ventures. He is a multi-millionaire. So I know, it, it's not, as much as interestingly enough 
as much as we Haitians, we are from a different country, we see America in a different point of view. And I don't know if I speak for all Haitians, but I, as a Haitian person, coming from a country like Haiti, I take advantage of every single thing of, that American dream offers. From joining the military, from going to the best schools, because you have, as a black person, as a black child, need to be able to say, I can. I don't need permission for somebody to tell me I can. You will do it because it is how you get identified. When you don't do it, is how you get <coughs> degraded as a man. Don't, I always tell the youth, don't put your pants halfway down your tuchus. Where you pen. Because if you do that degradation of self, that is what expected of you. That's how you can, they can tell you you're an inferior being. That's why you need permission for people to tell you uh, your life matters. No, my life mattered from my mother's womb. How dare you tell me my life matters? I don't need permission. Well, I, I love it. I love it. And that's why I'm so happy to have you. You know, Vetstock is, we are actually, let me put this right here. We are actually on the Vetstock page. We are on the Ubi Barrier page. And we're also going on YouTube at the same time because this Vetstock today is special. Having Patrick Nose, Haitian American veterans, was able to see things in different perspective with us today. To share his knowledge, his opinion with us is priceless. And so, well, listen, that's the reason why I needed you here today. So, because, you know, we talked before and and your your point of view is very unique. And it's probably very, you probably find it very difficult for people to understand it. But you're a very factual person. So this is, I don't know if it's the artist side of you, but it's like, this is what I see. This is exactly how I'm going to describe it. May you like it or not. <laughs> the artist side of me, the artist side of me became necessary to be open because of my experience. But my American experience has made it possible for me to be vocal. We don't have enough vocal men in this country anymore. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's terrible, even when a police officer, for example, when a police officer stops me, the first thing you, you assume is that he's gonna maybe pull out his gun and shoot you. But as a man of color as I am, I cannot let my life be stopped because a police officer is gonna stop me because maybe I'm driving a car that doesn't look like my wallet uh, capability. One thing I do at all times is to, 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 to carry myself in a way that a man, and I say a man because a police officer could be a black police officer, a Spanish police officer, and, and a white police officer. But one thing I can tell you, my young youth, the way in which you dress determine how a police officer will talk, will talk to you, will address you, because I've always said this, and my father taught me this. Obel knows. You see this thing? This is a jacket, a piece of cloth sewn together by a man or a woman. 
when you wear one of those things, that is the most powerful tool to keep people away. Because if you're wearing one of those things and you're driving your horse or whatever you drive, <laughs> if a police officer pull you over and start acting funny, he's gonna think twice because he doesn't know who you can call. Because a phone call has power. So and appearance, I'll tell you, appearance count. Appearance counts. Don't walk around like with your pants down. Your pockets. But what do you but say? What do you say to those who say, uh, "This is America. That, that appearance should not matter. You know, it should be more about freedom and liberty." America belongs to the Indians. Look at their appearance. Doesn't their appearance? What does their appearance do? Do that they change their appearance? No, they maintain their identity. Your identity is not going to be your pants down you because there's this level of uh, revolution. The revolution in New York, we say, well, they're destroying the trains. They're they're you know doing all these things because and and it's annoying because I have children. I have my son. He kind of looks like me. But my son, my daughters, they're people of color. I, my son, I went to pick him up at, in the, uh, at the airport, I want to say 20 years ago. When I got there, his pants was backwards. At the airport now, the Orlando airport. Yeah, that's... And I came up with my suit on and tied. I went to pick up my son as my father to me. When I got there, he got out of the plane. The man, the young man, had a pants backwards, and the, that was the that was the time of crisscross. Yeah, dude. So I told him, Look, I'm gonna turn around. You're gonna change your pants inside that airport now. I turn around. I give him the Haitian look. <laughs> I make that pants turn the way it's supposed to. I don't know how you look up his pants at the airport. But Patrick, what? What about those, those, those youth who say, this is art, you know, this is an expression of the artistry. Now, self-expression, now there's a difference, my friend. Art is the most fragile word to use because one doesn't become an artist overnight. You are not called an artist unless you are recognized as such by your peers. So, to call something that's degrading, that degrades your self-worth, art is an insult to art. Don't do it because it is, it's, 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 you, you do something that's going to bring a smile to someone else. You don't do something, I have a, a daughter, you have your pants, this guy has his pants, I almost had to, to take him to Brooklyn, you know? <laughs> this guy had his pants, his underwear, and this is a grown man. I told him, sir, can you put up your pants? So, you know, I'm gonna take care of him. He says he's gonna fight me. I said, look, I know 101 ways to kill. So you don't want to mess with me. Don't, don't let my size fool you. I'm not wearing this. <laughs> so he slowly put up his pants because he realized I'm in business. You know, so, I have a child. You can show him your tuchus, you know? You know, uh, this is probably the reason why you, you're so involved in education as well. Because most people are not aware that you also write books. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're, very, you're very involved. <laughs> and you have several books out. And I want to take a moment because the time is, 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 is bidding us. 
you have several books out so it's very it's very easy to find your books i mean all you have to do is just go to amazon and put patrick knows and then bam they start showing and you you have a lot in there i stopped scrolling so in total how many books do you have currently on the market well, I have one that I've written and one that I'm finishing. It's a novel. The novel is a bit long. It took me five years to write. But I've illustrated over 550 books over a period of 10 years. And they're all facets of um, cultures. And one more in particular is for um, Educa Vision, which creates books for children of color and Spanish speaking. Uh, countries and Portuguese speaking countries because there's a lack of identity for example in showing princesses or young princes they all have to do with uh, helping the child identify with something positive that they can say I too can be a princess I too can be a prince you know uh, it all evolved around education but also education for the children of all, all nationalities, of all colors, to understand that they are important, you know? And again, that I spoke about recording your civilization, showing the positive aspect of the black community. Well, tell this child, well, I have somebody whom I can mimic or I can emulate. Because if you don't have someone to emulate, I had my father to emulate. I had my grandfathers on both sides. Uh, as far as the leaders are concerned, I had Toussaint Louverture, Jean-Jacques Dessalines, Capois Lamour, you know, Sanit Belair as a woman. I have those people. In America, the youth only have the basketball players, the, the, the singers, rappers with gold tooth in their mouth. That has nothing to do with being a person in life. To tell me that I can achieve something because I'm wearing the gold tooth, that doesn't make you famous enough that you're gonna see this success past 60 years old. So you need to uh, fill your mind with knowledge because knowledge doesn't go away after your fame is faded, you know? And so, it's, it's, it's amazing you, you mentioned this because, you know, you your illustrations and, and your books uh, make it very, very, uh, attracted to to children and being able to see themselves like if you if you think this right here i think it's a lugao no. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the adventures of patrick knows yes that's that that one that's the one you wrote i'm in there the, the little boy with the white hat the, on the cowboy outfit that's me <laughs> there you are i when i grew up my my dad he, he was a he loved cowboy so he would dress me as a cowboy my <laughs> <laughs> so but that night was a riot I tell you this night was, was a, an adventure indeed because of the things we saw mm. we had no business being out that late but the things we saw we neither of us never forgot mm. nine of us saw the same thing so, so, so that good. book is uh, you actually yeah. telling a, a, a real story um, it's not fiction no it's a real story that happened um, when we were when I was about I want to say it was eight years old or nine. We went for what they call a pom pom. Pom pom is when it's like promenade. Yeah. But it's called a pom pom shortcut. 
So we went for a walk then. So during that walk, that walk took us to various areas of, of that particular village where that city, if you were where we live, in Kenpov. We saw things that just only in movies you'd see, you know. Well, don't, yeah. tell, don't tell what you see because I want people to be able to go to Amazon and purchase your book if they want to know. <laughs> you know, but I, I I, mean, I think it's very reasonable. It's only, it's on paperback for 463. It's an actual story. I mean, this is one way for anybody who's watching who's interested of owning a piece of that legacy. It is an actual story that happened to Patrick and and he put it in a nice form where kids and adults can relate to it. I mean, I, I, I'm going to get that one, Patrick. I'm going to get that one so I, I can have my kids, <laughs> you know, yeah. read it. Because I have one of my daughters, she she, she loves drawing, man. I mean, yeah. I don't know where she get it from, but she just put her head down and she just draw. But I don't know how, like, sometimes she just don't want to do it. Sometimes she want to do it. Yeah. But even I, when I, around just before December, I don't, I don't touch a brush for no one. <laughs> After December, January come, and I become a beast. Yeah. <laughs> At downtime. Wow. That's cool, man. Now, and you have several other books in there that you you are the illustrator in there, and they are like you say they are very relatable. Uh, anybody can relate to them, especially exactly. you know for black and brown children who, who, who's very looking important. for books where where they can see themselves and, and, and understand that you know uh, we are superheroes too, you know. <laughs> and so. That's 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 pretty cool, Patrick. That is, like, I mean, I would love to go to all of them, but it's over five hundred, <laughs> over five hundred books in there. Probably more. So <laughs> I, got, I have my my illustration pad here. I have to go with me. I'm done talking to you. Yeah, I know, right? So you just sit down and so you do. Not only you do, you do the painting by hand. You also do those digital illustration as well. Illustration. I'm what they call a full-fledged artist. Thank, thank, thank God for, for education because, you know, you, you are born with the talent, but education is something that is necessary to be learned to understand how to break down um, the, the various uh, elements that art has to offer. Now, I can see the Patrick Knowles School of Arts coming soon. Yeah, that's my goal actually. That was my goal with that gallery of mine. And because yes. I have, a, <clears throat> I have a, a, bachelor, a degree, a bachelor's degree in fine arts and minor in education. But uh, I continued on studying uh, the more elevated techniques to a school in New York called School of Visual Arts. So I wanted to go do my master's, but I, sometimes. You know, things get in the way. You just don't have the time. Okay. But uh, my goal—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a young fella, still 59. Um, my goal is to go all the way, get my my doctorates, write write a final uh, book uh, that will be about art uh, through the ages, how how it is perceived and how it's being changed now 
because I, I, I call the art now uh, a new revolution because now for the first time black art has been included in art history nice. so world is changing so is art you know, Patrick, um, the time is killing us. I want to thank you for coming to Vetstock and sit down and talk to us and share your legacy, share, uh, you know, your skills, share everything with us. And you did it in a true Patrick manner with no reservation whatsoever. And that's what we love. That's why we love talking to people like you who just let it out. But, you know, as a veteran, I did not expect any less. You know, can you tell us, you know, how we can follow you, where we can find you? We talk about the books and Amazon, how it's easy to just put Patrick knows. We talk about exotic auto repair and, and Okoye. Um, if you, if you if you want the best work to be done, we also talk about PatrickKnows.com, which is your arts um, studio, basically, if anybody interesting. But we failed to mention in the long term about your private lessons. And I think right now, with the pandemic, and, and are you doing anything like a Zoom private lesson where you teach people via Zoom while they're at home, or are you doing at-home private lessons? Well, Zoom, I, I do Zoom um, for, for certain uh, students. Uh, I also create a, a YouTube channel, Knows Art Studio, where from time to time, I tell my students, go and look at this video. That will give you an idea about a technique. Uh, but uh, the majority of the time, I go to for either private parties, because I also do parties, as you know, yeah. uh, their homes. Naturally, we go and we respect the rules, you know, wearing masks, etc. And even when I teach individual children, I, I also uh, have them wear their masks, keep the distance, because it's very important. Uh, I also teach sculptures. I know I, I taught that several, uh, several occasions. And, um, but it continues, you know, I mean, the studio is, is dormant. I don't say closed, it's dormant, uh, but it's, uh, it's yet to come back again soon. Uh, I, I decided to wait, because I almost opened again this year, and decided to instead uh, take another venture and open next, next, next year when things are better with COVID. Yeah, hopefully by next year things will get much much better now the other question for you patrick you know how they do those uh not only private uh, parties but there is um those pent and sip like if a group uh, of people want to do a pent and sip and they get at the house you know you know how the ladies do ladies night out and they want to do a pent yeah. and sip they oh can, yeah that i can do so which out to you well just uh my number or, or going to my website and um, sending a contact information. My number is 407-953-0200 or by going to patricknotes.com and you, you send a, a message to my contact to request. But the majority of people usually go to my Facebook, which is Knows Art Studio or Patrick Knows, um, for, to reserve classes. 
So, but classes get kind of booked fast because they, uh, so I, you only have 12 months in a month, so it's, it's very difficult to keep up with everybody. But my goal is uh, when things are calmed down with the coronavirus, to create a, a, an outdoor scene where over a thousand people are invited to paint with me. You know I'm uh, gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the wife the wife is somewhere under the live and she's texting me. She said, I asked him, does it do does it still teach family? Does it teach family? <laughs> yeah, it's family, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I private or, or public, yes. Okay, that's that's good. And where can they find do they do they have it? Well, is it on the website? Can we pull out to see if they have a well, package this prices or anything like that? Or they have to contact you directly? Depending on, people, on the amount of people that are involved. Okay. For classes, usually, if you're doing your pet, for example, so pet, uh, to do your uh, Patreon pet is $45 per, per person. Actually, everything is provided. And any other class is $35 per person. Um, doesn't matter how many people you have. I've done by myself 72 easily. It's all a matter of knowing how to set up for it. Uh, it's a it's a very uh, fun uh, venture when you when you know people usually enjoy it. You go home with memories, but not only memories, uh, of, of, but also laughter because I'm I'm just that type of guy. I, I know. I've, I've been to your class. I went. If, if somebody have a take your class to see how it goes, uh, it was yeah. it was it was a good time, man. It was a good time, and that's that. Let's not forget too. That's a good good wait for for a date night for those of you guys who are married. And if you can't take the wife out, you can do a date night at home and just yeah. you know yeah, they bring wine. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Well, Patrick, thank you, my friend, and I. Uh, appreciate you it was a pleasure and as a fellow veterans i want to say thank you for all your sacrifices thank you for everything you put down the line thank you for putting your life on reserve and to serve this nation and to pave the way for guys like me to follow the footsteps vet stock is always open to you you all that's your home anytime whatever you want to share with us we are here just let us know and we'll do that. Cool. All right. Any last word, Patrick, before we, we let those good old folks go to bed? Before everyone goes to bed, know that an artist expresses himself freely. Naturally, my personal opinions are always going to be my personal opinions. But prior to criticizing what someone says, especially in a public format analyze and and pick out those those things that can be helpful to you because the world needs to be better we cannot afford to go backwards because uh, each civilization have their own importance each individual have their own importance the world is created for us by God so naturally we have to learn to to, to, to share it together. But otherwise, I thank you everyone for listening and I thank you, Johnny, for, for having me in the show.
trusting that I would say the right words. <laughs> no problem, brother. And like you said, you did say the right word. The world needs to be better. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Patrick, don't go away. We'll catch you in the green room. Everybody else, good night. And we'll see you next week. Not next week, but we'll see you in February with another guest. <laughs>